Lord, we just pray you bless this short follow-up message from this morning's service and that you would really just open our hearts to the subject of the destruction of pride and how we can be delivered from it. And we just thank you for our mercies, your mercies that are towards us today. It's by your mercies that we are not consumed in Lamentations 3.22 and 23. And your gentleness makes us great. We just thank you, God, for that this evening. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So let's, um, let's look at a, a scripture in the Word. And this morning we were talking about uh, pride and all the proud people that I wanted to be in the message today are not here, so... I'm only kidding. Um, pride, remember remember what we said about pride? Um, what is, what are, there are two words that we talked about um, in the, in the New Testament that describe pride. Do you remember which they were in, from this morning's message? Hooper something. <laughs> Ask Tony the astute student here. Hooper something. Well, you get you get fifty percent on that because. <laughs> One of those Hooper for net, which means to overthink. Correct, to think beyond. That's Romans chapter twelve. Don't think above the measure of faith that's been given to you, and that refers to how we often, as people, have a tendency to overevaluate our self-importance. And just that statement right there is just a killer, isn't it? It's uh, uh, many problems begin in our life when we overevaluate our own personal importance. And the world that we live in today is um, very self-centered, and people are very uh, aware of their personal importance of my importance to this company or my importance to. This family are my importance to this organization. Well, whenever we start thinking like that, we forget that we're expendable. That God, that that um, if we were to walk away, God would raise up another, and that is what we see in the book of Esther. That um, who was it? Mordecai said to Esther that if it was it was for such a time as this, God has raised you up to deliver Israel, and if you choose not to do it, then God could easily raise up another. And so it's always good to remember that in the ministry and in serving the Lord and in our walk with God, that um, that we do not overestimate our personal importance. And this is Proverbs chapter 16, and let's look at verse 18, and I'm going to read this to you in the Amplified. It says, Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better is it to be of meek spirit, a humble spirit with the meek and poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. There's a story that I remember of a young man in Central Asia who had just gotten saved, and he was growing in the Lord, and he was learning humility. And he said to us, he said, uh, I've been humble for so long. When am I going to be, when I, when am I going to be noticed? And that really is cute, but it's, it just, just shows how humility that is self-conscious of itself is not humility. It's 
really self-consciousness, and it's actually what? Pride, isn't it? Because pride is very self-centered. Humility is very God-centered, Christ-centered. And whenever we live in self-consciousness, we're always already walking down that path of destruction. So how does a person get delivered from pride? You know, we all know that we suffer from pride, and how do we get delivered from it? And um, there's a few points. I'm not going to go over them all tonight, but here's some points and some Bible verses that help me and probably will help you. That Number one is uh, Proverbs 8, verse 13, that the fear of the Lord, when we truly humble ourselves before God, is to hate pride and arrogancy. When we humble ourselves before the Lord, in Proverbs 8, verse 13, we really hate pride. You know, hating pride, I think it's a good thing to identify it. And when we hate it, and that's really the step in the right direction, that we see something and we just say, you know, I hate that. I hate the arrogance, proud, presumptuous type of thinking. Number two is really, this is in Micah 6, verse 6, 7, and 8, and Isaiah 66, verse 2, is really to seek God with a contrite heart. And brokenness. You know, what we said this morning was, is that, and I didn't really get to go into it, is that God is really wanting to break our self-sufficient complexes and our self-sufficiencies. And he's trying to break our motivational patterns that exist because of pride. I remember a woman in our church in Ukraine, she was a very, she was an elderly woman and she had just gotten saved from uh, just the orthodoxy of the country there, and she said to we we she had nothing, she had very very little, and we brought her groceries one Christmas, and she 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 was so hard for her to receive it. It was so hard for her to receive these groceries. It was very very difficult, and she turned us away, and but you know after much insisting, she took it, and she said to me later, she said I was brought up. Uh, old school, that if we did not work, we did not eat, and we should not accept handouts because only lazy, poor people do that. And she goes, God showed me that that's pride. It's pride not to be able to receive. And so pride, God wants to break those structures of pride. He wants us to, and we don't even see it. Remember, pride is blind. You know, there are blind spots in our life. Every one of us in this room, and me including, there are blind spots in our lives that we don't even see. Other people see it, but we don't see it. We're walking around with like, it's like, you know, you ever have get, you ever eat like a kind of a leafy dinner and then you got this big tree sticking out of your, between your teeth and you don't even see it. People are like, you know, like, whoa, you know, that guy's got like a huge parsley leaf in his tooth and nobody can see it. I mean, he can't see it, but everybody can see it. <laughs> and I just say, your true friends are those that will always tell you that you got something in your teeth. But, uh, you know, it's just like that, that, that um, we have complexes that are really blocking the, the blessing of God. And that's why God has to break us down. Who said it to me the other day? God wants to break us down so he can build us up. I, think, I don't remember who said it to me. We were eating somewhere. And... We just want to realize that God is in the process of breaking us, not so that we are weak and without strength and that we are decimated and just a pile of ashes, but God is working in our life where he wants to 
break those complexes of pride. I want to give you an assignment. Um, I don't know how to how to um, how to enforce this, and but I want you to get a hold of a booklet called Soul Structures. Soul Structures, and I can give you a copy of it PDF. It's a book written by Dr. Stevens many years ago when I was in Bible college. He wrote it. And I think there's four different soul structures. And he describes the soul as like a house that has many rooms. And every house is built on a, on a foundation. And there are four major soul structures. Uh, one of them is emotional. The other one is intellectual. The other one is pride. Um, and I want you to get that book and read it. It's a short booklet. And it's very, it's an, it's, for me, it's one of these booklets that are just foundational in my Christian life. And every time I open it up and I read it, actually, I, it's not available digitally. I scanned the book, and I ran an optical character recognition on it, and I went through the whole book, and I did a spell check, and I, I actually have a digital copy of it. So if you want it sent to your email address, let me know. And if you want, I'll print it out for you. You just got to email me. Is it the size of one of the doctrine books? Yeah. Yeah. It's not in the 479 books that you can... No, it's not. There's a newer version of it, but I have the original one. And I have that scan, and I have it I have, um, I have it available. So is what it on sale down at Baltimore? I don't think that the original one is available because the original one belonged to... Uh, the Bible Speaks Publishing, which doesn't exist anymore. I don't know the details of that, but it was rewritten. But the original one is like the one that I like, and I can get that for you. So if you want, then um, uh, email to us. Give, give, make sure, just email me. Because if you don't email me, I'm not going to send it to you. I'm not going to remember. Just email me. And if you don't have email, then just see Rose and just ask Rose, you know, can you... I'll just send it to Rose, and she can, I don't want to make this a workload on Rose, but, you know, we can print it up. It's a little booklet, so it's very, very good, and it's, it'll be, it's very, very good. But anyway, uh, brokenness, and brokenness is, brokenness does not mean defeat. It just means that my soul is, has been interrupted in its self-determination. It just means that I am not in control of my life. And to the measure that we live in pride, God has to has to begin to start to jackhammer those foundations of stubbornness. God has to break out his divine jackhammer and he has to break down those <clears throat> he has to break down those pillars that hold up this structure of self-sufficiency. Why does God want to do that? Because God wants to bless us and he wants to answer our prayers. He wants to bring in things that we've been waiting years for to happen in our life. Sometimes God can't answer prayers in our life because we're living in aspects of just pride and blind spots. And I see it, and you, you see it, and I see it. I see it with people all the time. And I, I, you just don't know how to talk to people in that situation. You're like, look, if you just surrender to God in that area of your life, your marriage is going to be blessed. Or if you just surrender to God in that area, then God is going to be able to work in your relationships or in your finances. Or, But people, we are stubborn. We are just hard-headed people that just live in our own complexes and structures. And God is saying, just let me, you know, God gave me this verse in Isaiah where it says, 
and I posted it on Facebook, and I'm just trying to remember now the reference. And if somebody could find it, just yell it out. It's um, Isaiah where God says to the prophet Isaiah, he says, uh, do you go down to the potter's house and see the, what he's doing and see how the vessel in the potter's hand is being molded and how it becomes corrupted and broken and how I have to remake the whole thing. And he said, is it not my own right to do and to make out of Israel what I will? And that's not word by word, but the point is, is that we are in the hands of God and God is working brokenness into our life. Because when we are broken and we are just, we are um, um, pliable or what's that word I'm trying to think of? We are, uh, we become um, pliable in the hands of God, then we can be really useful to God. And uh, sometimes you just see hard-headedness in people. And you say, you know, if that person would only understand that God is waiting to be gracious in their life, if they would just put down their self their self-defense mechanisms. Do you know what I'm saying? And so God's working brokenness in Isaiah 66, verse 2, Micah 6, 6 through 8. He's doing that because pride is putting a person into bondage. And this is the second way that we can, this is the second way that we can get delivered from a pride complex. A pride complex actually is is really arrogance. It's when we live in arrogance and we're very arrogant, you know, like... Uh, We've all met arrogant people. Uh, the next one, number three, how to how to get how to get delivered from pride's bondage and curse? Get a good view of God's nature and stand in awe of Him. Psalm four, verse four. Just get a revelation of God's nature. It doesn't take very long. We remember in Isaiah chapter six, Isaiah, who was already in the ministry for several chapters, is ministering to the Lord. He's in his calling, and then. He has this revelation of the hosts of God and the holiness of God, and he just falls on his face before God. That will bring us into a place of great humility because we understand we're, we are just finite creatures. And this is what Job did in Job 42, verses 5 and 6. Job 42, verses 5 and 6. Remember that? Job said, he said, I put my hand to my mouth. Remember that? Job was like, his, he had this whole long, several chapters long of him justifying himself and saying he's righteous and how could this happen to me? I'm a good man and these are, I always was good to people and why did this happen? And then when the Lord began to speak, then Job was immediately, God said to Job, listen to me and God put Job into his place. Not to humble and, and humiliate him, but to put Job in a place where he could give Job twice as much as he's lost. You know, have you lost stuff in your life? You know, we all have. God wants to double that. He wants to give it back to us double. I really believe that. It's not a prosperity message, but I really believe that God wants to do that in our lives. And in order to do that, get a good revelation of the nature of God and stand in awe of Him. Number four, and I like this. This is, um, someone said this is not original with me. He said, pray as a fool. Telling God sincerely from your heart of your ignorance and your helplessness. Psalm 131, verse 1 and 2. 
I, think about that for a second. You know, go to God and pray as just, you know, just say, God, I am so ignorant and I am so helpless. <clears throat> when we put ourselves in a position of just humility like that, that incurs the compassion of God. Do you know that? You know, like how many times have we had people come to us just in really dilapidated state and just difficult situations and we can see their helplessness, but then we are just in, we are moved with compassion to help them. How many of the times has that happened to us? We're just like, I got to help this person, you know. They're not self-sufficient. They're not making a big noise about their situation, but they're just in trouble. And that's the way it is with God. When we humble ourselves before God, we put ourselves in a place of compassion. This is a secret in marriage, too, by the way. I've discovered that when a, when a man, when the husband becomes in a state of like, it seems before his wife, kind of helpless, like true helpless, and that's like all the time for me, <laughs> somewhat helpless and, and in a difficult state, then the wife has compassion because that's the way she's made. And then in closing, I just want to finish with number five. Um, and there are many prayers in the Bible that we could look at as praying as a fool. Solomon's prayer, Jehoshaphat's prayer, um, the prayer of the sinner, the, the man who beat his chest and said, Woe me, be merciful unto me as a sinner. Um, and lastly, number five, novices and all inexperienced young men should wait their turn to be in the spotlight. That's 1 Timothy 1 verse 4. That we as young, not only young men, but we being young in the Lord, really wait on the Lord because the second word that we mentioned that we didn't that we didn't um, talk about tonight that we mentioned this morning was uh, Hooper uh, uh, Foneo, or um, which is the word to which means to shine above or to overshine, and that's the word that we find in James chapter four verse six that um, we are shining above and beyond um, the. Uh, it's self-attention, self-attraction. You know, I had this thought, and I'll finish with this, but sometimes we have this thought that someday I'm going to be great and famous and really used by God, and it's going to all be amazing. But God, that day may not come in the sense that it may come, but God may not show you that day because God wants it to be about, God does not want it to be about us. He wants, how about God using your life today in such an amazing way that you have no idea how many people's lives you're touching? You know, and that's a great thought there. So deliverance from humil- deliverance from pride is always through the path of humility and just humbling ourselves before God. And that's when we experience really deliverance from the snare, as it says in Psalm chapter 91, the snare of the devil. Amen. So let's